Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of our Christmas episode, the actual Christmas portion. Let's go. All right, everybody. So this week on the Christmas episode, we're reviewing three movies. A classic from 2004, Christmas with the Cranks. A classic from 2005, The Family Stone. And the 1988 classic, Christmas Vacation. agenda though is christmas with the cranks uh, when their daughter blair away luther and nora crank decide to skip christmas altogether until she decides to come home causing an uproar when they have to celebrate it at the last minute this movie stars tim allen and um jamie lee curtis and i love this movie i don't know how you guys I feel. fucking love this movie so much sorry for using the f word i don't usually cuss on here but i fucking love this movie it's so funny it's really enjoyable. I'm just, I'm going to say it. I'm really disappointed that they didn't go on that vacation. I was oh, yeah. really, I'm, mm-hmm. and, and since I watched this movie, I was like, I want a fucking Christmas movie that's not in the East Coast or Chicago or New York. Like, give me something in the Bahamas. Come on, man. They have those. They just don't do well. Yeah. Because nobody wants to watch a Christmas movie on the Bahamas. Oh, you know, on Netflix, though, they have a lot of beach Christmas movies. I want to see like a beach Christmas. Yeah, those are Hallmark. That's like funny. <laughs> That's like actually worth watching. I totally agree with you though. Like, I I might be against the majority when I say this, but I don't really think they were in the wrong at any point throughout oh, I, most of the film. <laughs> like, I think that the cranks are very much the mar- the the victims in this whole scenario. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd plays the perfect fucking asshole, just like a mm-hmm. prick, but he's so funny. Oh man, I um I get mad when I watch this movie because like some of the shit that the neighbors say, I'm like, fucking mind your business. Like <laughs> it's none of your business whether I want to decorate my freaking house or not. It's really well, it's, funny. It's ridiculous because when you get into the details, like he pays six thousand dollars a year for Christmas, probably just out of Tim Allen's budget. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis or Jamie, whatever her name is, does not spend any of that money, mm-hmm. you know, or does it? She spends it, she doesn't get it, and um, right. Like, if you had to do that for 20, 30 years in a row, spending six grand at Christmas, yeah, you're probably going to be tired of Christmas and you're probably going to want to, you know, go on a freaking vacation when you live in Chicago in December. So I totally understand where he's going from. And this having your asshole neighbors make you feel like a piece of shit the entire year. Hey, listen, motherfucker, I am trying to go on a vacation to the Bahamas. It, it, it's really funny. The pre- the the pretense is awesome. It's super cheesy that he's like, we're boycotting Christmas. But then I'm like all for it. I'm like, hell yeah, bro. Like, do you. I support you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sticks his ground. And I love how the movie tries to make make them out to be like the lovable villains in a way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're the bad ones. No, screw Christmas. Like, go to the Bahamas and live your fucking Until they're yeah. not. So, and the mom just pulls a mom. Like, yeah. We got to talk about that storyline, the the daughter meeting a Peruvian man within like three weeks and getting married. Like, 
the most unperuvian man I've ever fucking seen. No Peruvian guy <laughs> at all, dude. We're all like five five or shorter. I love it's... when they pick him up at the airport and it's like Enrique. <laughs> Enrique. Yeah, no, well, it's no. funny that um she's so whitewashed. She grew up in this whole white neighborhood. They have excuse my French, they had the token black neighbors and then everyone else is white in the neighborhood. So the first time she meets someone of color, she's like, I gotta marry this guy. He's yeah. just so Literally. exotic. And, and I, I love how they use Peru of all places to be like, oh, like this is the exotic third world country. She's going on her peacekeeping mission to do. And oh, look at this Peruvian doctor who's saving the children. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, she's <laughs> <laughs> not, not Peruvian, but it's funny. It's funny as hell. The scene I get aggravated the most in is when the priest walks in the tanning <laughs> salon because I feel like he is trying to make it out like they're in the wrong when they're at a tanning salon getting tan for a vacation they planned. He is standing there staring at this couple staring like a creep, staring at her titties like a creep. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, bro, you're the weirdo in this situation, not them. <laughs> this is a tanning salon, like they're the normal ones. Yeah, literally staring at her titties. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely something. That's actually one of my favorite moments of the film. I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh, you um, said oh, shit. <laughs> that's yeah. favorite. Yeah, it's it's a super funny movie, uh, and it's got you know that good Christmas cheer. Uh, mm. But overall, it's a really different type of Christmas movie. Like, of course, mm-hmm. like the neighbors come together and they all get in the Christmas spirit. Uh, but it's more of a believable film, and I just love the whole idea of boycotting. <laughs> yeah. It's a definitely unique perspective. So yeah, it's I, do you want to do you want to go into favorite moments? I think yeah. we already know yeah. Frankie's. Yeah, we could do yeah. it. <laughs> so my favorite moment is what Dan just described. It's that tanning salon scene. It's funny as hell. It's really uncomfortable. It's the priest and like the entire fucking church behind him, and Jamie Lee Curtis is there, and then what's his face? Tim Allen comes out, uh, and he's super like over tan with the goggles on and it's just funny as that <laughs> he's like oh what is what is say he's like oh hi father he's just in his, in his little speedo. Speedo. Yeah. the yeah. lady behind the counter is like i'm getting oh, a band-aid yeah <laughs> super over tan like the most annoying person you can oh, imagine just gross yeah and then she's at the, the, the midwest party at like the end of december <laughs> yeah she's in like this little skimpy santa outfit in the end of it at the Christmas party, yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, my favorite is I just love the downward smile, spiral of Luther at the beginning of the film. Just you know, his daughter goes away, and then it's just that struggling day. He gets all this water rained down on him at the store, and then he, I don't, it's just one thing after another just goes. And then he sees an ad to go on a, a cruise, and it's like, oh, I have an idea. And I just I love that part of him when they're at the dinner table. He's telling her what he's wanting to do. And then she thinks it's like, oh, he wants to have sex with me tonight. So she like chugs the wine and and, and then he's like dancing. She's like, Luther, it's not even Saturday. And I, I, just, <laughs> great. I find it so hilarious. And I, I just love that beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's great. My favorite scene is the caroler scene um, because it's, it's so aggravating to me. It is so mm. upsetting. If that happened to me, I would get the shotgun. I'd walk outside and I'd pop off. Like you do not stand on my driveway and just start bursting out singing caroling songs and then come to my window and, get, was, yeah. and go in the window and start looking at me like a psychopath. I would have killed them. I would have killed them so quick. In a video game. Well, yeah. in, even, in a video game. 
<laughs> in a video game, I would have. In a video game, <laughs> but even worse is like when they start boycotting. They're like, "Free Frosty, free Frosty!" He's like, get the fuck off my lawn! Get the I fuck off my lawn, dude! Like, so and when uh, you get down to the nitty gritty, everyone's mainly mad because of money. Like, they won't donate to the fire station. They won't donate to the Boy Scout. Like, it's all for money. It's not even really mm-hmm. about them getting mad about the Christmas spirit. It's that they're not going to donate this year. And it's like you guys are all just fucking they greedy just sons of money. leeches. Yeah, yeah. leeches, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, though. It's super funny. You guys want to give ratings? Yeah, yep. we could do it. Um, it. I would say for me, the acting isn't the best, but I, I love this movie. I probably watch it twice a year during the holiday season. Um, but I just, it's a great, you know, odd Christmas movie of boycotting Christmas. And for that, I think it's an eight two to me. I, I enjoy it more than I should probably. Honestly, I'll, I, my score is a bit higher than yours. I think it's an awesome oh. Christmas movie. It's really enjoyable. It's funny as hell. It's an 8.5 for me. Uh, I think it's really... I like. I, I could see myself watching this like most years. You know what? I'll change it to 8.5. I thought my score was too high, so I'll go 8.5. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say that's a little low because mine's also an 8.5. So okay. 8.5 across the board. When you said 8.2, I was like, oh, Chase is either well, really embarrassed or it means that. Yeah. So no, like I'll add to this. Like this is one of my kids. Definitely one of my favorite Christmas movies. But I understand if you don't like it because it's not for everyone. I mean, it's just a simple, funny movie. But it, it obviously comedy subjective, and some people won't enjoy it. But that's why I gave it an eight too. But it is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Awesome. Well, eight fives across the board for Christmas at the Cranks. We're gonna get into our next Christmas film. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next year all our troubles will be miles away. An uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration and finds that she's a fish out of water in their free-spirited way of life. That doesn't even begin to describe this movie. You have Sarah Jessica Parker, who is the most unlikable character I have seen in a long time. I have not said the C word this much since I saw Gone Girl for the first time. <laughs> and then you have the free-spirited family, which is just like, they have a kid who's deaf. They have, he's also and gay. They have, and he has a black boyfriend. Like, oh no. Husband. They have a stoner kid. Like, oh God. Uh, the dad smokes weed too. Uh, the daughter's a rebel, you know. Lives like, oh, at home as it's well. Super stereotypical. Like to call mm-hmm. them free spirited is just like, you know, this movie was made by the Sarah, the the people who are supposed to be like Sarah Jessica Parker. Where the entire time I just I, I hate her character, but she's funny as hell. Uh, and the movie was surprisingly good. It's really hallmarky, really cheesy. Uh, I know you two will probably disagree with. Uh, but I thought it was my first time ever seeing it, uh, and I, I enjoyed this movie as well. I don't disagree with you that it's cheesy. It's just the first Christmas movie 
that's cheesy that I don't hate for it or yeah, dislike. Yeah. Like I still really enjoy it. Like I agree with you. It is cheesy and hallmarky, but it's the only Christmas movie I've ever seen that's cheesy and hallmarky that I love. Yep. You know, like yeah. it's usually cheesy hallmarky. I fucking hate that. You know, it's yep. terrible. Absolutely agree with you there. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so many stereotypical Christmas films, and at first glance, this looks like one of them. And the cover, really, yeah. At first glance, it really looks like one of them, and it feels like one of them in a sense, but it really isn't. It's pretty unique. Uh, and just yeah, I was laughing a lot during. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many awkward scenes. Um, I just want to agree with you, Dan. Like, I love this movie. Um, do, I do watch it as well, like almost every year. But we're watching with Frank. I love watching movies with Frankie that he's never seen that I have seen because I get a whole different perspective when he's just like, "Oh, I fucking hate this woman." And it's like, yeah, she does suck. She really does. And, and it gives you a whole new view. And I do still enjoy this movie, but it was nice to have Frankie's perspective. It kind of changed my opinion a little. Yeah, I have to point out one of the funniest moments throughout the entire watching. Uh, when the brother who is deaf walks in and greets his mother, Frankie's immediate reaction is, the fuck is his accent? And me and Chase just sat there and shook our head and waited a good 10 seconds, and then Frankie went, Oh, (laughs) she's doing the sign language, yes. (laughs) And I said, yeah, Frankie, go to hell. Go to hell. (laughs) It was so It made me want to clip that. I was like, damn, like that was really good. But he was like, yeah. And I kept making fun of his accent because he sounds French. Like, I'll make fun of a French accent. (laughs) It's not French. He's just deaf. He's a French deaf deaf. guy, bro. He's a French deaf guy is what he is. But yeah, the movie's really good. Uh, the cast is pretty lovable. I don't think I know any of their names. Everett, because they said it so damn much. Everett. Everett yeah. One of them's Meredith, right? That's Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes. Meredith is Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. Amy's her sister. Amy is her sister, Rachel McAdams. Amy. Ben is Luke, or, or Owen, or Luke Wilson. I don't know what they were ben. ben is the stoner. He's just the one that um, cheats on <laughs> sister, Her sister's name is Julie. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mom's name is Sybil. I know yeah, that Sybil. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know the name. dad's name. Kelly. Kelly. Oh, I did not know that. What about the other sister? The other sister. Victoria. Is Susanna. Susanna. Yeah, I don't know. She's yeah. just the one for. What the hell You kind of just mentioned it, Frank, but this is what we got to talk about the most is the relationship swapping at the end. So if you haven't seen this movie, Sarah Jessica Parker goes to visit her boyfriend's dysfunctional family. Sarah Jessica Parker really sucks as an uptight human being, but this family is also not the best family in the world. Um, She has a hard time. She brings her sister and then right away, her boyfriend is like in love with her sister and her boyfriend's brother is like in love with her. And then by the end of the movie, they like swap spouses. And a year year later, they're all in this like happy moment around the tree with swapped relationships. It's so fucking weird and it's so great. It's cheesy as hell, but it's funny and it's weird. And it's just like this family's a fucking steaming pile of shit. Like they have so much wrong with them. It's great, but they're super dysfunctional. It's yeah. wild. I love um so many of the scenes too where like the dynamic is really like well i feel like in a lot of cases it's very realistic like i just feel like we've all been there where like 
I've never introduced somebody significant to my family, but I've been there when like cousins are. And I know how family can get when they're really close to somebody. And then like, it's really awkward for the significant other who's standing there, not sure how to like engage with this super close, like family, almost like too close family. And you can get that vibe with like Everett and his sister. I was like, I totally understand the relationship because like my cousins are that way so when new people come in they're all sitting there talking shit whispering laughing at everything like it felt very much like my family at times like kind of making fun of the new person who's coming into the family that like that can happen in like big families i feel like but what you gotta do is yes on the other side she totally deserved it yeah yeah granted i've never had a situation where someone came in like that like that was Mm -hmm. and can we just talk about the the dinner scene oh yeah go Oh, I was just to say right before that, what I've learned, if when you're in those situations and you're getting shit on, you just give the shit back and you take it and then people will like you a little more. Exactly. That's that's usually what they want. They're kind of testing you to see how they can fuck with you. But if you're like in your head and you're like, oh my God, they don't like me, then then they probably won't like you. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character turns out to be. But she's also, as Dan is about to explain, gets, puts herself in awkward situations. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll let Frankie go into that because that's actually his favorite okay. moment. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Going into favorite moments. Uh, and <laughs> wait, can I just point out real quick before we get into it? All of our favorite moments are SJP related. So shout out SJP. You did a great job in that movie. Yeah, she did she awesome. Did. Uh, far and away, my favorite moment is on Christmas Eve. The dinner the family has. You know, there's been a lot of tension building up to this point. Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, was really, like, she called her sister in, was staying at a motel, came back and, like, tried making food for the family and made stuff with mushrooms that Ben was allergic to. Then she tried uh, picking it out. Yeah, it was super <laughs> unlikable. Extremely unlikable. The entire time, I'm just like, what the fuck does he see in her? Like, she is the most boring person I could possibly imagine. And then, the only way to make it worse is at the dinner table, she becomes extremely homophobic and racist. And it's so bad she brings uh sybil the mom is talking about how much she loves her family and like how i don't even know how the conversation gets brought up she's she's just saying like how she wanted all her sons to be gay she's like i secretly wished all my sons were gay and then sjp's like why would you wish that and we're like oh my god down and doubles down and doubles down and doubles down and they give her multiple passes where they kind of like change the subject and then she brings it back and you're just like I remember Frankie being like, bitch, they gave you an out. They gave yeah. you an out. <laughs> like, Well, even her boyfriend was like, hey, like, you know, Meredith. And then she like, just calmed down for a second. And she's like, but just this one more thing. It's like, shut up. <laughs> and like, you'd understand token black guy, like why you don't want to choose your struggles. And he's just like. Oh, yeah. When she relates it to him, it's like, and also this just came off of the night before they did charades. And her charade was the bride wore black. And she like kind of pointed at him <laughs> and it was like and then she keeps pointing, pointing at him. Oh, I'm, not, I'm pointing not pointing at him, at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man uh, i was making jokes the entire time that i think i know who she voted for uh, in the 2000 election it's really uncomfortable and so fucking Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but I thought it was hilarious. It's supposed to be funny, but also uncomfortable. I think it's supposed to be what you feel. Okay, yeah, definitely, sure. it's totally supposed to make you feel anxious, and I I like that about it. Yeah, I was having to like watch the scene through like my hands at some points. So I was like, oh my god, like she's still going. <laughs> when we were watching it, I remember just looking at the camera, like Dan and I look at each other, like waiting for Frankie's reaction because we know. <laughs> <what's gonna happen. laughs> it's a great scene. It's definitely my favorite. 
Um, I'll get into my favorite scene. So mine is when SJP gives the gift because the reason why I love this scene is it's such a great turning point for her character. You know, this whole, I'd say like hour and 20 minutes now, her character's kind of been the antagonist, I could, I guess you could say, or like, she's just been the, the one that we don't like. We're not rooting for her. We do want her to get kicked out. We do want Everett to say leave, you know? And then there's this moment where she gives everyone the gift and even Frankie, again, prejudging the scene, he's like, oh, <laughs> this bitch giving the generic gift. And then it turns out to be this really beautiful photo of the mother pregnant with the daughter. And um, my favorite thing about the scene is everybody kind of realizes how hard Meredith worked and how like much effort she actually has put in. And then my favorite thing about it is after that, it, 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 goes, it goes sideways and everything goes to shit again because yeah. then... The, the boyfriend who we think is about to propose to her apparently wasn't, but she thinks he was. And so she just blurts out, I don't want to marry you. And then it turns into this huge fight. And I like it too, because Meredith kind of gets to say what we know she's been wanting to say the whole movie to the family, which is just like, this is what you've all wanted. And she's kind of saying it to the audience as well. We as the audience have been like waiting for this bitch to fuck up so badly that she gets kicked out. And then it happens and she's kind of looking at us like, this is what you all wanted, right? Now I'm in this position. And I just love the scene because I just feel like it's a really, um, it's just a really great scene for her character, you know, where it, it takes yeah. a turn and then you're kind of like, you kind of feel for her more and you're like, oh man, like, and then your whole perspective kind of changes. I feel and like you I didn't mention that she drops a fucking nuke on the family, the literal fucking Hiroshima. <laughs> and like, I slept with your brother. We were just like, Jesus Christ. Like, what are and you And she doing? didn't even do it. Yeah. She didn't yeah. even end up sleeping with him. It was like, whoa, oh, no, no, no. And, and then it leads in. I was going to say, even add to the awkwardness of her sister is wearing her wedding ring on her finger as well during this whole it's scene. Stuck. Because, yeah, it's literally because stuck. Because she wanted to see what it looked like on her, her sister. Like, what a weird... It, it's a complete yeah. bomb drop. And then just, just, just also, I mean, the fucking part of the one's drama was just like, I love this. This is fucking mm-hmm. great. It's yeah, awesome. and then it, it breaks out the most cheesiest scene in the movie where the brother starts chasing the other brother around the house to the nutcracker suite. And uh, it's such a funny, but like also very Christmas scene, you know, like I feel like any other movie, it would have been like, what the fuck is happening? But it's a Christmas movie. So you're kind of like, this is great. Like, this is good. It's great. Boys will be boys. Um, I do. I love that scene. I think it's a touching scene and we didn't even really mention, but the mom has breast cancer and they don't, we didn't really, we didn't mention that, but like, that's even a more touching scene because throughout the movie, each kid learns, that the mom is, you know, I think she has stage four breast cancer. So she's on her way to, you know, hospice most likely. And um, just getting that present is probably a really touching present to have for them for their last Christmas. So you have to spend with their mom. So that was definitely a good scene before the shit show happens. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a really sweet moment. Cause it's super unintentional on her character's part and it becomes super sentimental. And then like at the mm-hmm. final Christmas of the movie, it's like hanging like right next to the Christmas tree. It's super sweet. Yeah. And I, I feel like, like that's that. more realistic because I feel like most of the time unintentional things end up being the most sincere or like the most real or like the most meaningful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite scene also with SJP, I just, I like the bar scene because it's like, she's just this uptight Manhattanite asshole throughout the film. She doesn't understand her boyfriend's life or their family dynamic. And so by the time she's just done with this family, she goes to the bar with the brother, uh, Luke Wilson, and she finally unwinds. And she's like, wow, this girl's freaking awesome. when she like enjoys herself. And then the, uh, the EMTs come in and the guy introduces himself. And she's like, 
you're the one that popped his sister's cherry and like it's just such an awkward scene but i, I just found it so <laughs> funny because so just drunk. He, he makes everything more uncomfortable and he's like that's the first thing you're gonna say to someone is you took someone's virginity <laughs> like come on like it's just so weird but that's that's what you expect from her character and I, that's what i enjoyed about it and there's mm -hmm. definitely people i've met in my life that are the sarah jessica parker in this movie that are super uptight and then when they're drunk they're way too comfortable and they're even more awkward and it's great it's super great mm -hmm. all right let's get into our ratings uh i'll go first uh it's gonna get an 8.5 for me as well i enjoyed this one as much as i did with christmas with the cranks so I was, will go a little bit higher than that. I think it's an 8.8. .8. I just love this movie a little bit more just because it does get to me. I relate to a lot of the storyline in it. So it, 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 I just think it's a little better. I'm, gonna say, I'm surprised you didn't give it higher. I was thinking. Like I feel like it's day. almost impossible for Christmas movies to get nines because they're Christmas yeah. movies. Not necessarily, but yeah. Not necessarily. Um, I'm going to go with you, Frank. I think it's an eight five. I do really enjoy this movie. Um, it's one of those Christmas, like a lot of Christmas movies are feel good movies and this movie certainly has its parts, but I love having that weird family dynamic and like, it just makes you so uncomfortable the entire time. And I think that's what makes me enjoy the movie more than anything. So yeah, it's great. Awesome. And on to our second to last Christmas movie today. All right, so the the final film that we watched for our Christmas binge is the 88 classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, just a little synopsis. The Griswold family plans for a big family Christmas, and it predictably turns into a big disaster. Um, that's putting it mildly, I think. It's not a big disaster. It's a freaking travesty. Um, it's really funny. But this movie's so great. It's so classic. Frankie actually, surprisingly, again, this is the third movie this episode he had never seen before. Well, I think I had seen Christmas with the Crank. That's oh, the maybe it's... I, I may have seen it. If I did, it was when I was a kid, because I only remembered certain scenes. Mm -hmm. See, Dan, this is what happens when your favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. You don't get to watch actual Christmas movies. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's so great. It's my favorite National Lampoon's movie. Um, and I just think it's it's so well done for how cheesy Christmas movies can be. Like, I just think that um, the, the actors in it do a really good job making it feel real still. You know, and like, I, I still, like, even though, like, Chase brought up when we were watching it, the kids 
get re replaced pretty much every single film. I feel like those two parents do such a good job at still making them all feel like a family. And like, I believe they're a real family, you know, when I'm watching it. And like, I just feel like it's just really, really well done and super funny, super funny. Yeah, the uh, the kids get replaced, and I believe European Vacation came out maybe a couple years prior. And like this kid in that movie, the boy was like seventeen years old, and this one he's like ten or twelve. 10, so yeah, it's like weird. Yeah. Different. I don't know if that was National Lampoon's intent for the vacation movies, just to always have different kids of various sizes and ages. But um, I don't know. I love it. I, I thought it was yeah. hilarious what they did with it. But I love che Chevy Chase's character in this movie, and I can totally like. I can't relate yet, but I'm assuming in the future, like just imagine your parents and your in-laws coming to visit you on Christmas. Plus you have your two snotty kids and your, your nagging wife and you have to deal with all this on the holiday. And then the top and then your fucking your, cousin, your, your cousin comes, your, your crazy cousin who you don't want to ever see for the rest that of your life. And he says it perfectly. He's like, you surprised to see me, Clark? He's like, if my head was stapled to the carpet tomorrow morning, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am now. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. So what, Chevy Chase does in this movie, his character, I just think it's hilarious because he has to like somehow find his way around and enjoy Christmas and hopefully get his bonus to do something nice for his family. Yeah, and we didn't bring this up. I don't think we planned this, but all three of our movies ended up being kind of centered around kooky families around Christmas time. Like, I don't think we really planned that, but that was kind of like the theme of the three movies we watched was just like awkward family dynamics. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're all really enjoyable. I think this movie becomes fucking downright hilarious once the cousin Eddie gets introduced. It's so yeah. <laughs> fucking funny because he's so crude and so disgusting. And it's just so great. And that's really when shit starts to hit the fan too, metaphorically and physically. Uh, the cat gets killed. Everything gets burnt down. The shit on the driveway. Just so much stuff. This movie is, it starts off funny. At first, I'm just like, this is National Lampoon. Like, this is really surprising. And then Frankie was like, I've seen Animal House. They're like, not the same thing. Well, what, the thing is, like, this is a PG-13 National Lampoon. And it's a PG-13 vacation. So the first two vacations are very vulgar and inappropriate. And so they made this one almost family friendly. So I think that's, they had to like work around that a little unfortunately mm -hmm. but it was they still made it very inappropriate yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it has one of my favorite christmas songs ever christmas vacation oh the beginning of the movie and it's the credits. It doesn't ring a bell, but I'll listen to it soon when I put it in the episode. You know who sings that? Who? I think it is uh, the guy from Fleetwood Mac. Um, Lindsey Buckingham? Yeah. He, he really? does the European Vacations one. I think he does Christmas Vacations. As well. You know what? Now that you say that, I hear that perfectly. <laughs> I think it is. I can't, I can't picture the song in my head. I'll listen to it soon. I love um, it. It's great. By the time I edit this episode, I'll have the song on my head because I would have listened to it. Because you'll have put it in, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, well, let's get into our favorite moments. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. I think my favorite moment is far and away the pool fantasy scene. Because the whole thing with Chevy Chase's character is he wants to spend his Christmas bonus on building a pool for like in the backyard for his family. 
And there's a scene where it's like shit's really been hitting the fan. And he's just kind of like sitting there in his kitchen looking out the window in his backyard. And he's just fantasizing this pool scene with like his family all having fun. His cousin Eddie's kind of ruining the vision. And then it like cuts to this super hot fucking supermodel that he met at a mall at the beginning of the film. And she's like starting to get undressed and stuff like that. And then the cousin Eddie's dunce kid comes in and ruins the entire moment. And it's just so but such a sweet little girl. It's such a sweet girl, but it's so funny. It's so funny. Do you remember what song was playing? I forget. It was like a funny, it was a good song though. No, I don't. It was, um, shit. It's the Hawaiian Christmas song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Melakaliki Mel- Maka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a perfect song for the scene, too. It really is. Yeah, that's the song <laughs> I was playing. Well, I'll go next. My favorite um, is just the whole scene where he gets the bonus, opens the bonus, finds out what the bonus is. And then his cousin proceeds to kid, or he goes on this crazy monologue where he basically tells off the whole family. And then his cousin goes and kidnaps his boss, brings him <laughs> back to the house. Secret Service comes flying in the house. It's like it's so chaotic, but it's so funny. Because they're, they're like this white, innocent family. And it's like, it's so funny. They're breaking into mm-hmm. every portion of the house. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, um,. So I'll go with my favorite scene. I just want to. I just thought of a scene while we're talking about this with cousin Eddie. But like, you know, uh, it's a symbolism in this one scene where they're at the store and you know Clark's talking to Eddie about, and he's like, "We can't afford Christmas gifts for our kids this year." And like, literally, they're walking, and he keeps adding more and more bags of dog food. <laughs> it's like he can't afford anything for the kids because he's paying for this freaking dog. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> like, there's like literally like fifty pounds of like dog food on there. Well, um, I was getting the impression that he was just expecting oh, Clark, uh, to pay. Clark to pay for it all. Like, I was getting Probably. the impression that he was just like, you're going to pay for all these bags of right. dog. Well, I think he did, because didn't he get a six-pack of beer as well? But then he just throws in these big-ass, you know, industrial-sized <laughs> dog bags. Um, but my favorite scene, I love the Christmas Eve scene when the aunt comes, and then she gives the gift, and there's a live cat in there, and, you know, she's just losing her marbles, and then... You lead to the Christmas dinner and he opens up the turkey and it just freaking opens up and oh, you know, it's so disgusting. And they're, the they're chewing on it. Yeah, and the jello with cat food in it. Like, I, I can't even imagine. I, I just thought that was hilarious. And then asking the aunt, they want you to say Grace. She's like, What? Grace? She died 30 years ago. <laughs> and then she, like, says no, the Grace. <laughs> she says the Fletch Legions. And then Randy Quaid gets up and puts his hand over his heart and she's. Saying it back, it's just such an awkward scene, and it's just so freaking funny. And don't yeah. at the end of the movie they do like the Star Shangle Banner too, right? At the end of the movie, yeah. <laughs> like play we, ball. We didn't even touch on the neighbors. I love the the, the dynamic of oh, yeah. AKA and Chase and Rachel. There's two scenes that are, are Rachel and I, and that's the one arguing where the the water breaks, and it's why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Um, that's, that's like literally me and Rachel arguing, and then and it was funny because right before we started this movie, you and Rachel like kind of had a, an argument like that, where she was like, "You've been eating all of my desserts, and I have been sharing this with you," and you were like, "Come on, Rachel, <laughs> enjoyable." But we also our neighbors they put up crappy lights right next door, and the other day we're driving home, we're like, "Look at this crap! It looks horrible!" And it's literally what happens in the movie. You're like, "Look at Griswold, what are you doing?" Yeah, so, uh, that's, I, we're literally them in some aspects. 
the neighbors are great and they get their fucking shit wrecked. Like their house they get, do. Like, the <laughs> get crashed in, the the female gets attacked by the dog with the squirrel jumping on her. <laughs> it's, it's super love, it's a super animated film. I love um when they bring the tree home and like, where are you gonna put that tree, Grizzle? He says, bend over and I'll show you. And he <laughs> says and he's like says, Well, he's like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and then it goes to Julie Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Uh, All right, you guys want to get into ratings? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Damn. All right, so I'll go first with mine. I really like this movie a lot. I think it's super classic and just one of those Christmas movies I can't go Christmas without watching. I I have to make an active effort to at least watch it once, but I realistically will watch it like three to four times in the month of December. Um but I still don't think it's better than Family Stone just for, like, sentimental reasons. So it's an 8-6. But I do think it's better than Christmas the Grace. So for me, this is uh, my all-time. It's my favorite Christmas movie now. It didn't used to be. Um, but just watching it each and every year, I, I think I, I love it more and more every time. And so you just said in the last review, Danny can't give a Christmas movie a 9. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to give it a 9.0. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not going to give it quite a 9.0. I do think I enjoyed it a bit more than both Christmas of the Cranks and Family Stone because it's a bit more crude and a bit more adult, but still uh, just a great Christmas movie. It's an 8.7 for me. Let's go ahead and get into our very last review for this Christmas episode. It's going to be a Charlie Brown Christmas special. We could not do a Christmas episode without reviewing Charlie Brown. It's like a token for Christmas. If you don't watch that around Christmas time, I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Um, so we don't have a synopsis for this. But I'm assuming most people that are listening to this have seen the Charlie Brown Christmas episode. Do you guys just want to get into your favorite moments of it? It's only uh, 25 minutes long. Yeah, I'll give a quick synopsis. It's basically about like Charlie Brown trying to discover the meaning of Christmas. It's really like stereotypical. Uh, this episode was pretty funny. I think I found parts of the Thanksgiving episode more funny. But what I love about this episode is just the constant railing on the commercialism of Christmas and how much they're shit-talking it the entire time. And lo and behold, 50 years later, Christmas is all about the commercial product. You know? Uh, But my favorite individual moment is probably gonna be uh, the quote from What's-Her-Face. I can't even remember the chick's name. Charlie Brown's little girlfriend. Uh, talking Lucy? About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucy. Uh, talking about how... Because uh, I think... Who plays the piano? Because again, I don't know. I don't know. The name. I know like Charlie, Patty, and like... Uh, is it Lionel? No, Lionel doesn't play the piano. Yeah, it's... 
No, it's Lionel. 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 Lionel is the one with the uh, towel. He literally put, puts the towel around his head, and he's playing like the shepherd. I don't remember who plays the piano, but the one who plays the piano starts playing like Beethoven and Fur Elise in particular. And Lucy's like, "That's not a Christmas song." And he's like, "Yeah, it is." And she's like, "What has Beethoven ever done? Like, he's good for nothing." And he's like, "It's Beethoven." And she's like, "He isn't even on a bubblegum card." And they're just like mind blown. <laughs> they're just like, "Well, Beethoven is not good, I guess." <laughs> my, my favorite moment. Oh, I'll go into mine. So I love the story, and I forget the kid who tells it. I thought it was Lionel. I might be wrong. Um, but I love the story that he tells about Christmas and just like the the meaning of it, and how simultaneously you're seeing Snoopy, kind of like whatever he's saying, it's happening to him. Um, that's like my favorite scene. So for me, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say for my favorite. I was just going to say at the end where they're singing a newborn king, you know, kind of showing Charlie that there is better things to Christmas and everything. So I thought that was unique. It's so unbelievably cheesy, but it's a classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think everybody, I think everybody at one point or another has either seen a Charlie Brown Christmas tree or experienced their own version of a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I've definitely seen people in my life have Charlie Brown Christmas trees, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that is not good. I, I think and this might sound bad, but the Charlie Graham of Christmas uh, really made me realize how much I don't really care for the story behind Christmas. For me, Christmas is just about family. Like, oh, it's Jesus' birthday. I, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christmas is with my my family coming in town and us having a good old party. Hey, at the Popcorn Podcast, we welcome all types of people. (laughs) All types. Even atheists. (laughs) Uh, You guys want to give your scores? Let's do it. Sure. Um, Real quick, I just want to look at my score for Thanksgiving. That's what I was doing. So my score... uh, I didn't enjoy this one as much as a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving uh, I really liked, which is kind of surprising because this is the one that's like critically acclaimed. Uh, this one's a 7.5 for me. It's a classic Christmas movie. Uh, I may sound like a fucking stickler for giving it that low of a score and a Scrooge. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I, I enjoyed this, and that's about it. Well, I'm going to Scrooge you a little more then. Um... Or myself, I guess. Uh, I gave the Thanksgiving one a seven. I'm just gonna give this one a seven as well. So I gave the Thanksgiving one an eight, and I enjoyed this one a little bit more than that. So I'm gonna give it an eight two. Nice. All right, guys, that is all the movies we reviewed for our Christmas episode. But we're getting into the fun stuff now. Chase, you wanna? intro this special segment for this first annual Christmas episode? Oh, buddy, I am excited for this. We should get uh, Carrie Underwood to sing this like Sunday Night Football. (laughs) Waiting all day for the Christmas draft. Um, (laughs) So we're going to do a Christmas movie draft. We're doing six rounds of a Christmas draft doing it snake style 
So basically someone's going to go first, then the next, and then the next, and then we're going to go to the next round. So the person who chose last in the previous round will go first, and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going for six different categories for Christmas movies uh, by drafting them. Those are animation, children, classic, comedy, rom-com, and then any. So it could be anything. If you play fantasy football. It's, it's it's your flex, exactly. And, you know, there were some categories you left out that aren't in there. So you can choose maybe a horror in that movie or a, an action movie with John McCain. Um, um, but that's really what we're doing. And you get to choose, you have to choose one of each category. And that's really about it. So you want to get your heavy hitters out first. So basically, whoever's picking first better pick the best Christmas movie of all time, in their opinion, which hopefully most people agree with as well, right? Or you're going to be, I'm going to go back to the Jets again, like picking Sam Darnold for the third pick of the draft. It's going to look I'm gonna, shit. I'll, I'm going to try getting steals. I'm going, I'm in this to win this. I'm trying to get the highest score, baby. All right. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on, ran, I'm going to go to randomizer.com and type our names in. And I'm going to click it three different times and that will be our, um, our, uh, our order. All right. So I'm not, I guess I could look if you're all looking as well. So I'm just going to click randomize three times and that's going to be our order. There's number one. What's number one? I can't see it. It doesn't matter. So the third one is just going to be our order. Here's number two and number three. It's going to go Chase. All right. Sorry. Let's go Dan, Frankie, Chase in that order. So without further ado, Dan, what is your number one pick in this draft? All right. <clears throat> With the first overall pick of the 2020 Christmas draft, Dan Worrell. Say, say your category as well, because some of these can double no. dip as well. Yeah. I was not expecting to get the first pick, so I'm a little... Uh... Okay, I'm going to go ready. All right. So for me, this is my favorite animation movie. Uh, probably one of my favorite Christmas movies altogether, but definitely the, for the ca- animation category the best in my opinion it's going to be tom hanks the polar express i love that film so much and i think it is not only the best animated christmas film but in my top five christmas movies of all time i'm glad that you went first and chose polar express i uh, that is wow i that expected like, that i was like you taking a kicker with the first pick yes because i would have <laughs> wanted to pick that. i would have picked that pick this is all. for me though like i I cry every time I watch Polar Express wow. the whole time. Well, I'm, thinking, oh, I'm, going, gotta, I'm going for the, dra- the draft strategy, baby. I'm trying. You got to think of your the people you're drafting against. Like Frank, like you could have picked that pick in the fifth round. You could pick something that you think Frankie was going to take. But now I don't think Frankie's I don't think Frankie's going to get any of mine. Frankie's well, essentially going to get Trevor Lawrence right now with the first. No, pick. I'm getting my Christian McCaffrey, baby. My Christian McCaffrey in the comedy category, second pick of the first round of the Christmas draft. I am taking Elf. Wasn't on my list. <laughs> awesome. Elf, baby. Wasn't even on my list. Will Ferrell's Elf. Favorite fucking Christmas movie. Elf, one of my least favorite Christmas movies of all time. I love it. <laughs> Christmas McCaffrey, baby. My, my CMC. Frankie, that is like taking the Detroit Lions defense in the first round. <laughs> Elf, baby. That's my call. Hey, I'm writing this shit down. My goodness. So that is your. You're gonna go with comedy for that. You don't want to do children. You're gonna go comedy. No, I got. I got a different children movie. That's my comedy. Okay. So let me just write these down. This is gonna take me a second. 
Well, then I get two picks then, right? Yep, you get back-to-back picks. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, guys. Well, then, so for me, I'm going to go children's movie right away, and I'm going to do Home Alone. Home Alone is one of my favorite movies of all time, not even just Christmas. Um, I freaking love Kevin McAllister. I think the villains in this movie are phenomenal, uh, Harry and Marv. And for that, I'm going first round Home Alone. I, I had a feeling you were going to pick that because you've always been pretty adamant about not watching American Horror Story. And for the first time ever, I heard you say, well, maybe I'll watch it because uh, uh, <laughs> Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin got casted in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, so that's where I'm number one, baby. Um, and I was going to reverse around to me again. And I'm just going to do... This could be comedy. This could be classic. This could be anything. But I'm going. This is classic. your any? This is no. This is my classic because this is oh. 1990 or before. I'm going Christmas Vacation round two as my classic. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you get when you get the turn. So. Right. Oh, it's you. Okay, yeah. Yep. So second pick of the second round. There's a lot of my draft board. Comedy is taken. I'm going to go with my children's movie. My children's movie is going to be the one, the only, second pick of the second round, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. With uh, Drew Carey? Yep. Okay. Did you say Drew Carey? I did say Drew Carey. (laughs) No, not Drew Carey. Not The Price is Right. (laughs) No, the the Jim Carey, uh, the live action of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's fucking incredible. One of the best Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. I respect that pick. I respect that pick. That's a good second round pick. That's a very good value pick right there. I like that. So I'm going to go with um, Rom-Com. And I am going to go... Okay. I'm going to go with definitely my favorite. Um, I don't want to sound too cliche, but it is The Holiday. I love this movie. It's so such a classic like movie. You know, if you want to categorize it rom-com, you know, I, I don't usually like rom-coms, um, but I love this movie so much. And I think that uh, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Jack Black... Perfect. Hell yeah. I respect that pick. I love um, The Holiday. I think it's a great, great film. It has a star-studded cast that people, and I think it's a very underrated Christmas film. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan, you're up again, baby. Round three. All right, so round three, I am going to do, um, let's go with my classic. And for my classic film, this movie has always been my favorite, favorite, favorite. Like, do you? Yep. I I don't. I want to hear what you think it is. Uh, It's a wonderful life. I love that movie. Well, that's a solid pick. It's not that. It's not that. Uh, It's going to be a Christmas story. I love this movie. I think it's a classic. I think it's a classic. See, that's what you should could have picked first pick. Like that's a that's an easily unanimous. See, I didn't think you guys were gonna pick it. I thought it was safe. Oh no, I love. I I, if I didn't pick whatever uh, Christmas vacation for a classic Christmas story is my TBS go to on Christmas Day. It's such a freaking classic. And the the best part about working at Big Five was that we sold the Red Rider, and all I would do is just like look at it and play with it and pretend like I was in the Christmas story. 
and it's aged well too like it's still enjoyable mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it, it, well and the best part about it is it the story around the present the red rider like it's just such an awesome story of mm-hmm. wanting to get that and the, like the, you, the lamp the fucking lamp the lamp dude. the lamp is the best part he's like uh fragile like mm-hmm. it's so good but just like the story around the um the present like that's all of us as kids like we want this present for christmas and as kids, 25 days of December goes by very slow. So exactly, just yeah. agonizing in that. Mm-hmm. I love that movie yep. for that reason. Uh, so I may – this is a hard one for me because uh, I feel like I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. In the third round, though, I'm taking what I prioritize the most probably – What side. category? This is going to be in the animated films category. It's going to be A Nightmare Before Christmas. Classic. No, there's not a. There's only one other animated film I'd even consider taking at this spot. You know, I'm one of those people. I definitely agree it's both, but I am one of those people who definitely prioritizes it more. I think around Halloween time than Christmas time. Oh, like, I'm I do. The opposite. I yeah, and I know people that are the opposite, and for them, it's like a. It's more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie. But for me, I think I just, as a kid growing up, I just watched it more around Halloween. So now as an adult, mm. it just, it's more for Halloween for me. Makes sense. But realistically, it's more Christmas because it spends most of the movie Christmas yeah. time. It's Jack Skellington and Christmas, baby. All right, Chase. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just getting my picks, man. I guess we do have yeah. a different strategy for everything. Um so round three for me, I am going to take um, my comedy off the board. I'm going Bad Santa. Um, oh, that's a good one. Interesting. That's a really I, uh, good one. It's fucking. I love awesome. Billy Bob Thornton in this movie. He, this is probably my favorite Billy Bob Thornton movie. And just the whole premise of it, of robbing a department stores on Christmas, is just such a, a, a great idea. And uh, him with Thurman Merman, <laughs> the, the little fat kid he lives with. I mean, these two characters, then the dynamic between him and this little 10 year old kid is just freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Bad Santa um, is awesome. It, it's a great movie, and you don't see a lot of R rated Christmas movies like that. So mm-hmm. for me, I kind of go wrong with that. All right, round four, baby. I'm, I guess you guys don't like Home Alone because I'm going Home Alone too. <laughs> really? I do. I do like Home Alone. Home Alone was on my list as number three. In so what this is category? Children's. I'm, I'm taking you're, it as any. Oh, your flex. That's my flex spot, baby. Um, I I actually like Home Alone two more than Home Alone one. There's something about Agreed. New York at Christmas time that's so special. Usually in mm-hmm. Christmas movies, it's Chicago suburbs, which is Home Alone one or Christmas with the Cranks, whatever. Um, but having the Rockefeller Center and the tree and everything around Central Park, it makes Home Alone 2 a special movie, and it's just a cool, out-of-the-box Kevin McAllister film. So you were smooching with your sister. Yeah. <laughs> What's he say? Um, What's the guy's name when he's uh, he says Fred or something, and they look at him. He's like, no, what's the name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I also think the pigeon lady is like such a sweet, wholesome lady. She is you a know? creepy person, but I, uh, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. She is very nice. Alrighty, my second pick of the fourth round. There's a lot of choices still left on the board. There's lots of good Christmas movies. I've selected an animation. I've selected in children. I've selected in comedy. I'm going to select a sleeper pick. I don't think either of you guys would choose this, even if it goes to the sixth round. 
but I want to save some other picks for later on in the draft. I'm going to go with the rom-com. I'm going with Just Friends. Great pick. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a sleeper. It's a sleeper because people, it, although it is a Christmas film, it, it, it's not very Christmassy, but I will say it is a good Christmas film, and I do love Ryan Reynolds and uh, what's her name? Amy, uh, Amy, Amy Smart in that movie. Yeah, and it revolves around these people coming home for Christmas and get, trying to get mm-hmm. back with the chick that you're just friends with. And I loved it as a kid. It's funny as hell as an adult. It is, it's my sleep. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my any category. This is my flex. I don't think you guys have it at all on your radar. But this movie for me growing up, for some reason, just like it hit home. And I grew up as a kid loving it. I still to this day as an adult have to watch it like every winter. It is the Michael Keaton classic, Jack Frost. I think that that film is such a good movie. And it gets me every time. You got Michael Keaton. You got freaking Mark Addy, Robert Baratheon. You've got freaking Rest in Peace, uh, John Travolta's late wife. I cannot think of her name. Um, Kelly Preston. You know, it's it's a really, really good film. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Fourth round. How are you going to start off the fifth round, Dan? Oh, I forgot. Okay, so then for my fifth round, I'll go Children's. That is going to be... Fuck it, okay. It's going to be Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. I love this movie. I think that he does such a good job. You know, as a child, so many things go over your head in this movie, and then you watch it as an adult, and there are so many dirty jokes, there are so many innuendos that he makes, and it's so funny. One of my favorite scenes is when Santa first falls off the, the roof and he's in the ground and then he disappears and it's just the suit. And Charlie's like, he disappeared. And then Tim Allen's like, he's, he's naked somewhere. And like, as a kid, I never thought that was funny. And as an adult now, like when I hear that, I'm like, he's naked somewhere. Like, that is true. Like, cause for him, he didn't disappear. He got out of the robe and ran. So he's like, he's naked somewhere. I think that's such a funny scene. And then I also love when he's in the meeting and the douchey like coworkers like pitching Santa in a Tommy gun. And he's like, oh, that's just night. Hey, kids, here comes Santa riding down the street in a pansy. <laughs> I love, uh, love, I love that, that movie. movie. I think Tim Allen, he's him in that movie in Christmas with the Cranks. He, he just has so so many good roles. But mm-hmm. that, uh, Santa Claus, him, and then just his son, Charlie. I mean, it's just, just a sweet story. And Neil. Oh, Neil. And Neil. Oh, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> the skeptical uh, person. All right. Here in the middle of round five, uh, I'm surprised this pick fell this far. I thought it was damned if I do, damned if I don't. But I'm getting the best of both worlds. My classic is going to be It's a Wonderful Life. There is no Christmas draft that is even like considerable without this movie getting picked. And you guys already took your flexes and your classics, so I knew I had it. So I got it, baby. That's a great pick. That's um, a great pick. Yeah. It's widely regarded, not even as a Christmas film, but as one of the best films of all time, regardless. Yeah. Of and it's one of the few black and white films I can fully watch without getting bored. And it, it's so great. It's such, mm-hmm. it is the quintessential Christmas. I'm and happy. memories for me are like with my grandparents watching that film. So it's just such a mm-hmm. happy film, you know? Yep. 
I'm happy you picked it, Frank, because if no one picked that, people would be like, your Christmas list is all wrong. There's not even, mm-hmm. if you, that movie or like a Christmas story wasn't on the list, people would be like, this this Christmas list sucks. So I'm yeah. happy you picked it. I wasn't going to pick it, but I was hoping one of you two were going to do that. My, my fifth round sleeper. Well, for me, I'm going rom-com um, on this round. And I am going to go with Love Actually. Um, I love Love Actually. It has a, an amazing English cast of characters in it. It is a hilarious movie, but there's also just the weird romances throughout the film. And it's one of those movies where it has like 15 different main actors in it, and it's hard to follow it sometimes. But I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I think it, it's definitely worth a watch every Christmas season. Hell yeah. Let's get your last pick, Chase. So the last pick, I got to go animated, and it's basically going to be classic as well. But I'm going to go with Frosty the Snowman. Nice. That's a good pick. Yeah. None of us did the specials, and I want to throw it out there. They are all my honorable mentions. I love Frosty the Snowman. I love Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I just, you know. If, if the list was bigger, they right. would have been in there. Those, yep. These are all good classic films that you watched as a kid, and mm-hmm. but there's so many other movies to put on the list. But some of these, like Ross Stoneman and Rudolph Reddell's Reindeer, you have to put them on. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna say there is. I have a really, really hard decision to make. I'm gonna go over some of my honorable mentions at this point. Um, uh, Eight Crazy Nights was gonna be my pick for animation if uh Nightmare Before Christmas was. Uh, not available. I'm glad I got Nightmare Before Christmas. And my flex pick originally was going to be Last Holiday if all my other picks weren't taken. That's the Queen Latifah movie. I think that's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. However, I am in a very tough bind. I have a choice to either double down or select my favorite Christmas movie as a child. And it's a really hard Are you picking Die Hard? I'm just waiting for you to pick Die Hard. It's going to be a hard choice, guys. I I can't wait, wait for Frankie to get roasted. I, I didn't think... I cannot wait. I didn't think it would come to this. I thought I how the Grinch wait. stole... So I thought how the Grinch stole Christmas was going to be taken. But it wasn't. So wait, what is the category you're on? It's He's my flex. flex. It's my flex spot. Pick oh, oh. It's my flex spot. And I've got a really hard decision. Because, again, I can double down. I can double down with Die Hard. Or I can go with my favorite. With your favorite one as a child. I think that sounds more like the double down portion sounds like you trying to make a point. Whereas your favorite (laughs) one as a child is the actual answer. You know, we got Die Hard on the ring. But who's that coming in? Who's that on the side of the ring? You hear that? You feel this in the air? Do you see who's coming? Boys, it is Jingle All The Way! Arnold Schwarzenegger. What is it? Jingle Jingle All The Way. way. Jingle, I thought you said Django. No, Jingle All The Way. I was like, are we still on the same draft? (laughs) (laughs) Favorite Quentin Tarantino. It took down my 
my Christmas, I was going to select Die Hard. There was no scenario in which I didn't select Die Hard in my head. And I, um, I had to. So I had that on my list. That was, I was, if Home Alone was taken, that would have been my children's movie most likely. So I'm happy you picked that. That is a good pick. And again, like we said with um, uh, Christmas Story, the story around the, the toy, this movie is even better with Schwarzenegger just having to get this toy. But the most bad storyline of this movie is that a guy who's never home for his family, his wife trusted him to get the one toy his kid wanted for Christmas. Like, that, that it's unbelievable. It's absolutely one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. I watch this movie all the I watched this movie when it wasn't Christmas when I was a kid. I watched this movie so fucking much. I loved every single goddamn second of it. And I'd be lying to myself if I picked this over Die Hard. And Die Hard is the contender. You know, they were the favorite heading into this draft. They almost were my first round pick. And they just got knocked out by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle all the way. Well, you could pick Die Hard on the waiver wire. Yep. Die Hard uh, <laughs> if any of these fail. You didn't even say anything, but Sinbad, Jingle all the way as well. Phenomenal yep. character. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right, Dan, in this draft. draft. All right. The so, this DL. is my last one. I saved this for last uh, for a reason, just because I feel like you guys are going to, you guys are going to either respect this choice or judge and hate me for it. But my favorite comedy Christmas movie of all time, and I think it is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a while, and I just think it's one of the funniest Christmas movies I've ever seen. It is going to be the Jason Bateman film, Office Christmas Party. I think it is so freaking funny, and I think that movie gets slept on a lot, and I think it's one of the funniest, not only Christmas movies, but movies I've ever seen. Okay, it's not one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, but it's a really funny Christmas movie. It's a great movie, but I think it has the recency bias. I, it's definitely on my list, though. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies to watch. Yep. It was on my comedies. Mm-hmm. My, my, lit, my draft board had Eight Crazy Nights, Nightmare Before Christmas, Polar Express, The Grinch, Jingle All the Way, Santa Claus, Die Hard, Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, Elf, Bad Santa, uh, Christmas Party, Just Friends, Family Stone, Why Him, and Last Holiday. Did every favorite. single one of us get our first pick for everything? Because uh, I know for every category I got my first pick. Yes, yeah. actually, yeah, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> worked out pretty great for us. I think we, uh, we need to add, hard. like, one or two more people to these. I just think also we're all, like, we all just enjoy mm. such different energies from Christmas movies that I going into this, I was like, the only ones I can see relating with any of them are Chase, and that's only either rom-com or comedy, because I was like, he's either going to pick off his Christmas party for comedy, he's going to, like, come out mm. with that one, or for rom-com, he's going to pick The Holiday. I, I like both of those movies. But I didn't see um, myself matching with Frankie at all. Like, um, <laughs> So some movies that are left off my list that I was thinking about, uh, one for comedy is Bad Mom's Christmas. That movie is fucking hilarious if you've never seen it. I haven't uh, seen it. It is. It's great. We Two of the movies we talked about in this episode, Christmas with the Cranks and Family Stone, were left off of this, I which was... <laughs> Which is actually pretty crazy. Um, you did Office Christmas Party, and Frankie did Jingle the Way. Those were two I was going to say at the end that we didn't pick. Um, and then um, one of my favorites, Disney movies from a kid, uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas with uh, Jonathan Taylor. That's a Thomas. good one. That's, That's a really a, good one. A good one. And then um, I really I really like the newest movie on Hulu called The Happiest Season. I, it's actually one of my favorites. It's just too new. I, w- I was considering it's maybe. New. It's just too new, yeah. 
There's mm-hmm. some good. There's some heavy hitters. Polar Express, mm-hmm. Elf, Home Alone, Christmas Vacation. I thought Polar Alone. Express was going to be the hardest one. I thought you guys were going to double on that mm-hmm. with the animation. No, uh, it was no. definitely Nightmare Before Christmas for me. Animation leading the. I, I thought you were going to go Nightmare Before Christmas, Dan. I knew it was going to be really? between either of you two. I thought. Um, yeah. I was definitely going to go with uh, an old animated. Like that was my idea all along. Mm-hmm. So uh, Frosty Snowman, sixth round. Bad Santa. I think the only surprising one was having two Home Alone films on the list. That That's was- not surprising to me at all, Ashley. You know what the most surprising one is? Huh. Just Friends. Oh, it's so great. I don't think anyone that sees our list, though, is going to expect to see that film. I think we have a lot of quintessential ones, like Polar Express, Elf, Home Alone, 1, 2, Christmas Vacation, Grinch, Hot, like a lot of quintessential. And then I feel like Just Friends is a very forgotten one. It's that a I feel like a lot of, like I said. A lot of people will be like, oh, that one, that's right. <laughs> So it's yep. good that you have that one in there. And Jack Frost, mm-hmm. too, I feel like a lot of people forget about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fourth round was definitely the sleeper picks. All three of those were pretty sleeper. Frost I can't believe you'd say Home Alone is a sleeper pick, man. Like, I, didn't like think, I didn't think Christmas. we'd have both of them. I thought we'd have one of them. I, I knew. I honestly, I had a feeling we were going to have both. I had a feeling. That's why I didn't even put them in my draft. Really? I, only so I was like, the they're going to be taken. I only picked Home Alone 1 first because I thought someone else was going to take it. I knew I was probably going to be able to get Home Alone 2. Yeah. I would have taken Christmas Vacation in the second if you didn't take If you were going to do... Yeah, so I would have done Christmas Vacation for comedy if mm-hmm. you didn't take it for classic. Because mm-hmm. Office I Christmas Party was technically it. my second one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. There's some heavy hitters. I hope you guys enjoyed the Christmas draft. We did over here at the Popcorn Podcast. That's going to wrap up our Christmas episode. I hope you guys enjoy this about two hours worth of content to end the year. Uh, we sure as hell fucking enjoyed filming this. Next up, you guys have got, after the new year, we've got... In 2021. Our, <laughs> 2021. Shit. We've got our animation episode coming out to you guys. That's going to have the Shrek films and a whole lot of fucking Disney. We each picked one animated, one uh, classic, one Pixar, one classic animated. Yeah, we have, we have am, a lot of different movies. I just saw this Shrek. I was like, shit, we watched Shrek. I totally forgot we watched Shrek. <laughs> we watched all four Shreks. Yeah. <laughs> we watched all four Shreks. And we watched like, there's like 10 movies we're going to be talking about. We were also going to watch Ice Age, but then we ended up taking that out. Thank fucking yeah. God. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff we uh, talked about here. But guys, I hope everyone has a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, Can't wait to see you guys in 2021. Hopefully life is making a little bit of progress, you know, next episode. Hopefully everyone that lives in the United States (laughs) is going to have an extra $1,200 at a minimum in their bank account. I really hope that's the Christmas present we all get. Uh, From us at the Popcorn Podcast, signing off. Have a uh, happy holidays. And Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas. everybody. And a happy new year.